0: Head over to bombus.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for twenty percent off your first purchase. That's b o m b a s. dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, you'll feel thank you.
1: Hey,
0: everybody. Welcome to go, baby, go, baby, go, baby,
1: go,
2: i am dory
0: you still are you're always yeah. gonna be dory honey yeah we are coming at you not live but pretty close it's very late
2: it is rather late
0: we had a long uh, we had a long day of us of podcasting we both did two podcasts today
2: oh yeah i did a podcast today too yeah
0: that's right
2: <laughs> that's right i sure did
0: um over skype i did a podcast over skype yesterday we are just... We're just podcasting we are main- mavens. X. Or maniacs, yes.
2: Maviacs.
0: Yeah. Um, I did Star Trek The Next Conversation, which goes out the same night, and I literally drove straight here and essentially hit record. Yeah. There was me. Uh, I took my bag out of the car, closed the gate, pulled a brisket off of the smoker.
2: And let me just say...
0: yep. You can say it.
2: I think it's the best brisket you've ever smoked.
0: That's right, guys. I smoked a 10-pound brisket today because it had been sitting in our fridge for a week, and I said, boy, I better get to this eventually. So I cleaned out the big green egg and fired her up to 275 degrees and smoked a brisket for about nine hours.
2: Now, I feel like when you were first learning how to use the green egg, you had trouble maintaining the temperature.
0: I did have trouble regulating the temperature. Um, it's a system of like opening the air vents on top, mm-hmm. opening the air vent at the bottom, mm-hmm. keeping it going a certain way. Mm. And what has helped tremendously is that I, we once went to Sur Tabla, Table. Why? Um, and I got a thermometer that has an interior probe temperature as mm. well as the oven temperature.
2: Mm. Uh, which has helped me
0: regulate uh, extraordinarily well. In fact, I will say, though, because I was gone for two hours doing Star Trek, the fire did go out. Oh, really? So when I got back, the temperature had dropped to about 225. Okay. But the brisket had made it through the stall.
2: Oh, the stall. And
0: hit 199.
2: Oh, thank God.
0: And uh, I was like, well, great. I can pull this off right now. So I literally knocked on the door holding a piping hot brisket. (laughs)
2: yeah and i was like wait i th- I think i hear matt saying my name why what's happening yeah and then
0: i'd come through the back
2: i realized what was happening
0: so if you'd like my brisket recipe simply ask franklin barbecue
2: <laughs> simply buy the franklin barbecue cookbook
0: which dory got me for christmas one year and
2: uh wait i thought i got you did i not, was that for the birthday did i not get you the franklin barbecue cookbook when i got you the green egg
0: Oh, maybe you did. If yeah, that makes sense, I right? I did. Dory, one year for my birthday, got me a big green egg. When it was really, it's a gift for her because it's like, who do you think's eating the meat? It's both of us and Bo. Yes, Bo. Although Bo,
2: we didn't know about Bo at the time.
0: We did not. It was pre-Bo, PB um but
2: you know what i knew you would love the green egg it, it's got like all sorts of gadgets and gizmos and you have to like learn how to use it and you love shit like that it's got
0: accoutrements and uh, and it makes food and it is a science
2: it's a science and you love that shit
0: i do i don't like how long it takes me to make food but that's the beauty of slow cooking things and yeah. smoking things
2: and they taste so freaking good
0: yeah um so that's that's today's news we uh, we have a brisket <laughs> That is resting throughout this podcast. Uh, Um, And, uh, yeah. Where are we
2: at? um, We are at... Well, this is episode 32. Yes. Well,
0: let's talk about our business. We set forth a challenge during the bonus episode.
2: We did. We
0: asked everyone if they could possibly uh, find it in their hearts to To... review us and give us a five-star rating. On iTunes.
2: iTunes. We did hear from someone who asked what you have against uh, Google Play. He said he can't find any of your podcasts on Google Play.
0: The answer to what I have against Google Play is uh, nothing. (laughs) I just don't... I've never thought to put it there.
2: Yeah, well, one, one person asked for it to be there.
0: Well, that person will luck out when i eventually figure out how to do that
2: um we also heard from someone in australia Mm -hmm. who had an interesting point oh please which is that when they looked on australian itunes yeah we only had 12 reviews
0: and
2: it seems as
0: though each itunes country well let me tell you our big countries where we have the most listeners are the united kingdom canada Australia, New Zealand.
2: Yeah. You mean other than the United States? Yes, of course. Um,
0: So what's going to happen here is we're going to appoint a point person in each country.
2: Oh, that's a good idea.
0: And they're going to be our eyes and ears. Or I could just use a proxy server and figure it out myself. Both seem like a lot of work. But if you want to volunteer to be the Australian point person, the New Zealand point person, the UK point person, and the Canadian point person... Holler. Shoot us an email.
2: <laughs> Holler at us. Because that... You In know, the
0: subject line, put point person. And we will add all of them together. Yeah,
2: because we only have 474 right now, which means we only got...
0: Well, only 100 we of We only you. got 100. Only 100. Well, maybe only 100 people want a bonus episode. That's true. It could be like we, we have enough true. podcasts to listen to. Yeah. Um, so the challenge issued by Dory was that by May... 25th. 25th. Should we move the goalposts for people?
2: I think let's keep it at the 25th for now. Okay. And we'll see where we're at next week.
0: The challenge is if you can get us 1,000 five-star reviews on iTunes. We know there's enough listeners out there to make this happen. Uh, we will deliver another bonus episode where we finish the 21 pages. 22. 22 pages of, uh, of bonus questions.
2: Yes. That's it. Yeah. Pretty simple. NBD. Um, all right. So that is the first order of business. Second order of business is on Wednesday. I'm going to be in Austin. Texas. And I would really love to see some excellent adventurers there. If there are
0: excellent fans in Austin, which I know that there are.
2: Please come. It's at book people at 7 p.m. My sister texted me a picture of the huge display they have of my book at the front of the store. And they seem to have ordered a lot of books. And I'm nervous about selling them. So (laughs)
0: She is genuinely nervous. It
2: will be embarrassing if I show up and we sell like two books. So even if you already own my book, bring a friend who like doesn't have my book.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We've got a long list of demands for our podcast Not asking letters. too
2: much. Um, anyway, no, seriously, though, I would love to see you all in Austin. Please introduce yourself. It's been great to meet people at every stop on the tour. Um, and then I will be at Stanford University Bookstore in Palo Alto on the 30th at 6 p.m. Uh, book passage in the Ferry Building in San Francisco on June 1st at 6 p.m., Um, I'm on a panel at the Bay Area Book Festival on Saturday, June 3rd at 11.45 a.m. And I am on a panel at the Printer's Row Chicago Book Festival on June 11th. I believe it is at 1.45. But if you go to the Printer's Row uh, website and you search for my name, you can find the panel. Um, And I will also be at Madewell this Thursday.
0: This Thursday, the 18th. Oh, no.
2: Sorry. No, I lied. Friday.
0: This Friday the, Friday, 19th, the 19th. You're going to be at Madewell. I will well. be at
2: Madewell from 5 to 7 p.m. in the domain in Austin.
0: If you want to swing by and maybe get yourself a pair of boyfriend jeans.
2: Yeah, and you'll get a free tote if you buy my book or someone with, with you buys my book. Which is pretty cool. Totes my goats. Totes my goats. Um, also, this Friday the 19th. So last Friday I did a Reddit AMA. Uh-huh. This Friday I'm doing a quora ama did you even know that quora did amas
0: honey yeah newsflash what i don't even know what quora is
2: quora is a site where you can ask questions oh all
0: right <laughs>
2: <laughs> and i'm doing an ama on there it's quora dot com, and it's at 9 a.m pacific 12 p.m eastern um i'll post a link to it on social media but i don't
0: know how people keep finding questions to ask the two of us because there are so many places to do it but you guys keep coming with questions yeah and they're pretty so, great questions great job everybody!
2: so thank you um all right so that's that join the facebook group facebook.com slash group slash excellent adventure Also, I set up our Patreon page. Uh, Okay. Which is at patreon.com slash excellent adventure. And I.
0: Did you set that up because enough people emailed you with suggestions?
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
2: So we have a number of reward tiers, and there's some, you know, Patreon specific rewards. Look, I have no idea if anyone is going to donate to us on Patreon, but. I set it up and there's rewards.
0: Well, I mean, you know what's easier than donating to us is giving us a five-star review on iTunes. That's true. So I'll accept either.
2: Okay. Great. Yeah. Um, And then you can always just email us, Dory and Matt at Gmail, Matt and Dory at Gmail, and call us at 413-461-BABY.
0: 413-461-BABY for all your excellent needs.
2: Yeah. I'm so So proud of
0: us for knocking that out in 10 minutes and 30 seconds.
2: Yeah. I'm proud of us too. Cause I know you don't like when business goes on for a long time. I hate it. I know.
0: And I think listeners are probably okay with it. Yeah. But you know,
2: well, you know what? That's why I did the business this week.
0: That's right. I probably would have done too fast for you. Ooh, burn. Sick burn.
2: Um, one other thing before we uh, get to, it
0: sounds like it might be business.
2: No, it's not business actually.
0: Interesting. Go ahead.
2: Um, today was mother's day business no that's not business okay because i was going to talk about it in relation to ivf
0: oh let's talk about it then um welcome to the show
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh you know what we forgot to do last week oh no we forgot to put the chit chat i know i know we need to do that this week complain about it no good um but anyway, yeah, today was Mother's Day. There was a little bit of discussion in the Facebook group about how people were feeling.
0: Interesting question. I was thinking about that today.
2: Were you? Yeah, I was. About me?
0: About in relation to... Well, you're a mom of Beau.
2: I'm a dog mom.
0: You're a dog mom. Um, But I was w- w- thinking about how Mother's Day might make someone feel who has been trying desperately to become a mother.
2: Yeah, you know, I... I think it's great that we have a holiday that honors mothers, but I also feel like it just, it is such a minefield for so many people, like for people whose mothers have died Mm -hmm. for people who are estranged from their mothers, from people who are trying to be mothers who have not been able to be for, for mothers whose children have died. Like there's just a lot of people for whom this day kind of sucks. Right. You know, And the lead up to it is so annoying.
0: Are you talking about Harry and David?
2: No, I'm not talking about (laughs) Harry and David. Harry and David are great. Um, I'm talking about...
0: What do you mean when you say the lead up to Mother's Day?
2: I think I'm just talking about the... Like it starts like a month in advance. You know, like here's this day that might be very fraught for a lot of you. And you have to think about it. It's not like it's not like it's just like one day and then like that's all you have to think about. It's like you have to think about it for like a month leading up to it.
0: I think it's like any holiday that is manufactured by you Well, know,
2: listen, I don't commerce feel like the lead up to Tubi Shvat is really that intense.
0: Well, have you been to the Ralphs on 3rd and La Brea? Because the lead up to Purim is pretty intense over there.
2: That's true.
0: Um but I think any commercial sort of widely accepted non-religion specific holiday, i.e. your Halloween's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. your Mother's Day, your Father's Day's, mm-hmm. your fucking Labor Day's, your Memorial Day. Like as soon as this is done, right? Mother's Day is today. Yeah. Next next thing you know, you're going to be inundated with ads for grills and hot dogs and American flag t-shirts because Memorial Day is coming.
2: Which like if I were someone whose, who's like husband or wife or child or parent had died in a war, mm-hmm. that might annoy me too. Yeah. I think I think
0: every um holiday is fraught with, you know, possibilities of uh Pain. Triggering someone,
2: yeah, that's true. And I'm not saying we shouldn't celebrate them. I'm just saying, like, I think especially as I've gotten older and like people's lives get more complicated, I I realize how upsetting certain holidays can be for people. Yeah,
0: of course. I
2: mean, I had a guy in Seven Eleven today tell me that
0: his mother died two years ago. Oh God. Yeah.
2: What? How'd that come up?
0: I don't know. He said Happy Mother's Day to the cl- to the clerk. And then...
2: Was the clerk a woman?
0: No. Then told me... Oh, dear. That his mother had passed away two years ago. Oh,
2: God. That sounds depressing. But
0: he was a pretty cool guy. Okay. He had, like, a pompadour. Oh. Gray hair. Okay. Like, when I walked out to Wait, the...
2: which 7-Eleven?
0: Melrose. Uh... How
2: many 7-Elevens did you go to today? Three. <laughs> I went to two of them with you Yeah, I
0: went to three today for coffee
2: mm, Interesting
0: I mean, I was exhausted by the time I had to leave the house to go do Star Trek mm. I don't know why I was, Well, I worked out twice How about that?
2: Yeah, I feel like last night you kind of hit bottom
0: I hit bottom constantly yeah. There's always a new bottom You dig past the granite, you find there's more earth And then more bedrock Whoa Uh That's dark. Someday we'll get to my creamy core. Um <laughs> But yeah, so the guy had a pompadour and, and uh white very pressed white shirt and I was so excited to go out to the parking lot to see what muscle car he arrived in. And sadly, I, I didn't see a muscle car, so I don't know what he drove in. But hmm. I like when I saw the guy and he talked. He had like a very thick New York accent.
2: Interesting. I was like, this guy's
0: pretty cool. And I'm hoping to see like a a Pontiac GTO from the early '70s out there. But but alas, sadly, there was nothing, mm. nothing like that in the parking lot. No. And had I not been in a rush, I would have stuck around to see what he got into.
2: Did he have a man limo? <laughs>
0: He did not have a man limo. We discovered that our dog park friend most likely has a
2: huge F 350. Yeah,
0: huge Ford with a vanity plate that says man limo on the back. <laughs> and Dory uh, read that as Manly mo. At
2: first, I was like, Man Limo. And then I was like, Oh, it says man limo.
0: <laughs> manly Moe? Who's Mo? Well, I
2: thought it was like Manlamo, like a like an Italian name or something. Oh, maybe it is. No, I don't think it is. I, I think it's Manlamo. I Limo. understand that
0: it probably. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I know. So, um, anyway, but back to Mother's Day. I felt I felt like mostly fine. Um, you know, it was interesting as I was like scrolling through social media today. Facebook was filled and I don't know if this was just because of the way Facebook the algorithm works but I mm-hmm. felt like all I was seeing on Facebook were moms, my mom friends posting pictures of them with their kids. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And then on Instagram was a lot of like old pictures of people's moms, like old pictures of people's moms being like, look how hot my mom was.
0: I did see a lot of that today, yeah. Yeah. But I didn't I didn't go on Facebook, so I can't be sure if you're 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 i'm gonna take your word for it though that's what was happening
2: and people might have been posting the look how hot my mom was excuse me pictures on facebook and facebook just wasn't showing them to me as much as they were the other ones i
0: mean facebook does nothing but show me hot moms what yeah must be an algorithm
2: oh my god
0: (laughs) facebook knows i'm always looking for hot moms
2: (laughs) um yeah and i i after a while, I was kind of like, "Okay, we get it. You all love your kids. It's great."
0: Well, I'm sure that that's a feeling that you'll struggle with for a little while until you know you either become a mother or not.
2: <laughs> Thank you, honey.
0: You're very welcome. But you know, we I called my mom. Yeah, Face I called my mom. With her. She listens to this podcast. Hi, mom. So does my mom. Hi, hi, Roberta.
2: I didn't think my mom did and then my other mother. all of a sudden she started referencing it and I was like, Oh, she must have figured out how to listen to it.
0: Yeah. She also I mean, news news came down fast and hard through the Shafrier Children.
2: <laughs> children.
0: That a uh new guest bed was being ordered. <laughs>
2: now as, as a direct result
0: whether or not that <laughs> coincides with the podcast we did from that bed <laughs> i don't know it's only circumstantial evidence right now
2: no i think it was reported uh
0: what was reported i think
2: it was reported that after hearing that on the podcast oh
0: i don't know because no, you I know think, karen I think... listens to this as well so i don't know if karen was just putting two and two together Oh, or if Karen thought, was told that it was Karen, as a result of. I
2: thought Karen was told that it was as a result of, but I, I might be well, misremembering. I'm putting it out
0: there that maybe it was a result of this podcast. Maybe Listen, it wasn't. This but the podcast point is, gets shit done. The point is that this podcast is filthy with Myra Steinberg listening.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, everyone. My mom kept her name.
0: That's right, everyone. Dory kept her name. I already have a byline. What? Hi.
2: Hi. Hi,
0: Dory Myra. Doesn't sound right.
2: It doesn't.
0: It's, it doesn't sound bad.
2: I know, but it's just not my name.
0: Also, you don't have a middle name, so you could have been Dory Shafrir Myra.
2: What about Dory Myra Shafrir?
0: Why would you have my name as the middle name? Why not? It should be the last name.
2: I'm just unconventional. You know what? Also, it's a lot of R's.
0: Yeah. Dory Myra Shafir. Right. I understand.
2: It's just a mouthful.
0: Well, I can't control my name.
2: And I can't control mine. You can. Yeah, and I've decided that it's Doris Shafir. All right. You controlled it. Okay. Um, I think it's time for some emails.
0: Is it? Should we say that we are... What is our plan for i v f When are we going back to a doctor?
2: Well, I was looking at the old calendar, mm-hmm. and I will probably get my period like end of this week hot pretty hot, <laughs> and uh I will most likely be out of town again yeah. when we are supposed to be doing the test okay. so I think probably June, like when I get my period in June, the cycle that starts in June, which will be like probably like third week of June, I would guesstimate. When I'm I'm
0: probably out of town.
2: No, but that's when I'll get my period.
0: Oh, okay. Good.
2: Excuse me. So then I would do the test. I think the test is like 15 days after you get your period.
0: All right. So early July. Yeah. And we have. When we're at a wedding.
2: Well, but we have zero plans. We have a wedding in Los Angeles.
0: Okay. So we can get to the clinic.
2: Yeah. And it's a quick procedure. It's not like a whole shebang. Right. So.
0: Well, that's our update right now.
2: Yeah. I know it's kind of boring, but like.
0: I know, guys. I wish we were. I wish we were. Paying fuck tons of money and pumping a bunch of drugs into dory right now but we just are like
2: retrieving and transferring (laughs) and injecting i know but
0: i know a lot of our listeners are you know there's a lot of listeners that are out there we
2: you know a friend texted a friend texted me today and said she's she's going in for a retrieval tomorrow
0: well best of luck to her yeah so we uh you know i didn't we met someone in boston at the boston book signing that was in her waiting period she had done the transfer. Mm. And she was in the waiting period. The and I, two-week and I, wait. And I hugged her. Oh. I said, you need a hug here. That was um, so nice. So, and I just, I wonder how it turned out. I wish she would email us. I know. Email us with the subject we met at the Boston book signing or Boston book signing would probably be a simpler. You're
2: giving people a lot of email instructions. Well, but
0: they're specific to people. Yeah, it's true. So I don't want 500 people emailing (laughs) us as this one. No, that would be weird. Yeah. Okay. Then I guess now that that's done, it is time for. Wait,
2: no, I have one more question since you opened that can of worms. I did
0: indeed. Go ahead.
2: How are you feeling about all of this? Um, I don't know.
0: It feels, it feels weird because nothing is happening. Mm -hmm. Uh, and thinking down the road of, you know, being back at work. And having these appointments and all that stuff, it's just like, Mm
2: oh,
0: I wish we were doing things though. Mm -hmm. Like I have said many times, the waiting is the hardest part.
2: That's so profound. Well, you should turn that into a song.
0: I hope to uh, just let me finish this time machine. If you know of a song called uh, Waiting is the Hardest Part, uh, my time machine was successfully built <laughs> because I think I want to give it to like Tom Petty to sing. Oh. I feel like he'd do a really good job with it. Wait, so. isn't
2: he in that band uh, Mud? Mud?
0: Mud Grutch. Yeah. Um, no, you know what? I'm actually going to probably go to post Mud Grutch and I'm going to hand him a tape at the Roxy when he's playing with the Heartbreakers.
2: Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah.
0: Uh, I'm going to be like, record it. You know what? Take full writing credit.
2: That's so nice of you. And
0: then I'm going to shake his hand and... Uh,
2: Disappear into the crowd. Go back
0: into my time machine. Oh, okay. And come back here.
2: Oh, that sounds great. So
0: if there's a song called The Waiting uh, by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, I have successfully built a time machine.
2: Whoa. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I think you just pitched a TV series.
0: About a guy who has written all of the songs? Yeah. <laughs> There was a weird... Oh, my God, the music uh, clearance for that show would there, be horrible. There was a um, Beatles comic, a series of Beatles comic books that were... Uh, it was about, you know, how the whole thing of Paul died in 1964 in a car accident and has been replaced by a duplicate Paul.
2: No, I never That's heard that That's a whole fan theory. theory. The Paul is dead theory. Oh.
0: Why he's barefoot in the Abbey Road cover... Why? Uh, what the backwards uh, talking is about? It's wow. like a thing where it sounds like John Lennon says, "Paul is dead, miss him, <gasps> miss him, miss him," so on and so forth. So there's this whole crazy conspiracy theory that Paul McCartney actually died and he's been replaced with a with a uh, with a look alike. And uh, in the comic book, there's like a few panels of uh, of people like Willie Nelson and like. I forget who else that had written, had actually written, let it be and had actually written, uh, Hey Jude, but they can't say anything because they won't get any music royalties if they say something. Oh boy. So anyway, that's what that made me think of. It was a weird digression and I apologize. Welcome back to a podcast about IVF.
2: That's okay. But you know what? I think it's time for another ad.
0: No, it's time for email.
2: Oh, Okay i'll just put this other <laughs> ad over here okay <laughs> what all right it's, i don't. i mean i just feel like doing another ad
0: before we even get to an email i know but it's crazy we've been chit-chatting we're for 27 minutes quite right now some time okay where's this ad supposed to go mid-roll in the middle of the uh show yeah how long do you think we're gonna do an hour probably a little longer so let's read a couple emails then doing it okay welcome to behind the scenes
2: bts All right. This is regarding ball heat. Okay. And it's from Aaron.
0: A-A-R-O-N? Nope. E-R-I-N. Yeah. Thank you.
2: I wanted to add some additional information to the suggestion, excuse me, two weeks ago regarding ball heat. I was so genuinely amazed by the sperm count improvement after a cancer survivor cut a hole in his underwear that I had a lengthy conversation with my husband about it. He was reluctant to cut holes in his underwear, but agreed to do some research regarding the impact of testicular heat. He stumbled across a product called Snowballs. Oh, okay. Which are underwear specifically designed to help lower ball heat and help male fertility. Uh huh. Have they gone on Shark Tank? I feel like they should.
0: It's so niche. I don't think that Shark Tank would be into it. You don't think? Uh, this is a product, not a business. I'm out. That was Mark Cuban.
2: Oh, okay. Well, but he didn't hear that they have a sewn-in pouch that holds special ice packs designed to comfortably cool your balls.
0: I heard that, and I wish you the best of luck, but I'm out. Fine.
2: The website for Snowballs has a ton of information regarding the science of male fertility and heat, noting that lowering ball temperature by just one degree per day can make an improvement in sperm count, which is just amazing to me. We haven't ordered them yet, but I think we will. Why aren't fertility specialists and urologists talking about this more? If making a small non-medical change like this could potentially help patients so much, it should definitely be a main talking point. And you know what? I agree with that.
0: Well, I mean, that's what every urologist and fertility specialist I have been talking to or have seen, I have said to them, it's because I'm fat and my balls are so hot. Yeah, and they... And they seem to, like, not really acknowledge that.
2: Yeah, and I feel like they get sort of uncomfortable. Yes. It's weird. It's very weird. Is
0: it uncomfortable? Because they don't want me to tell them that i'm fat
2: yes i think it's i think it's anytime you say the word fat in front of people they're just like Whoa. doctor
0: i'm a ham planet
2: no don't use that word i love it it's not a nice word to
0: fit my favorite word to describe myself um that's i mean that's interesting That there's a product specifically for that I if we like- i mean i'll tell you what if we are ha- if we have to do another round yeah i'll do it oh okay i'll get some ball cooling happening
2: I bet it would actually feel kind of good.
0: Of course it would feel good. Who are you kidding?
2: Like, um, Wouldn't
0: would... you like a, to ice your vagina down sometimes?
2: Mm, I guess in the summer, like when yeah. it gets sweaty. Yeah. yeah. Think that, about that it. That would be nice if I had like cooling underwear.
0: Or like an ice dildo or something. I don't know. An
2: ice dildo. <laughs> <laughs> that I would walk around with?
0: Uh, people walk around with butt plugs.
2: I think I'm not going to walk around with an ice dildo. Also, an ice dildo would melt.
0: Yeah, I know. (laughs) Leaving no evidence.
2: Leaving a puddle in my underwear. You
0: just say you peed.
2: Ew. I'm not Fergie.
0: Tell them you're trying to be comfortable and you're sorry if they're unenlightened.
2: No, I think that's why it's good that it's an ice pack. Oh, okay. You know? And I bet... Maybe we can get you some snowballs. I bet in women's underwear, like if you made it sort of like a, like a thin pad, now this could be my million dollar idea.
0: Uh, again, it's a product, not a business. I'm out. Fine.
2: (sighs) All right. We heard from many. What? (sighs) You are trolling me. (laughs) We heard from many listeners about our bisexual emailer last week our or in the in the bonus episode. Oh,
0: the uh if you haven't heard it, it's a lengthy email uh, from a woman who discovered she's bisexual later in life and is married to a man.
2: Yeah, so even though that was a bonus episode email, I felt we should respond to the issues that her email raised because so many people responded to it. Okay. I selected a couple of emails All right. to read. Um that are from both from anonymous listeners. Okay. All right. First, I wanted to point out that anyone who undertakes a monogamous marriage is quote, unquote, giving up many possible partners, which can be difficult regardless of sexual orientation. Opening up a marriage is not necessarily a requirement for living as your authentic self as a bi person. Uh And I would imagine that decision is based more on your specific relationship and personality rather than sexual orientation. I think everyone should discuss expectations about monogamy before marrying rather than accepting it as the default setting. For me and my husband, monogamy is just the right choice for us. My advice. Hang on. What?
0: We've never discussed this outright. That's true. Where are we at?
2: We're monogamous. Oh, okay. We're like penguins. Just checking. Okay. My advice for you, caller. I think she was an emailer, but regardless. One, check out Dan Savage's podcast, Savage Lovecast, if you haven't already. Okay. Why'd you make that face? Okay. Go ahead. Dan gets questions like this all the time, and I enjoy the diversity of human relationships and sexuality discussed on his show. Bi women in long term relationships or marriages with men have called in about open relationships, the feeling that their bi identity will disappear, and the awkwardness of coming out. Dan thinks all bi people should come out to improve bi visibility and acceptance, but of course, this is tough to do for all the reasons you stated in your call, i.e., no one ever asks you and everyone just assumes you're straight. Two, as people who pass for straight married ladies, we have a relative position of privilege, which gives us the responsibility to speak up when people say ignorant things about LGBT people. That was an angle I had not considered. Mm -hmm. Can you stop looking at your phone? Go ahead. Yeah. Sometimes the opportunity to come out in a non-awkward way can present itself when supporting your fellow queers this way. I've found that regardless of whether or not I'm fully out, giving support to the community makes me feel a little less like I got married and suddenly became a straight person. Three, the other way in which I've come out to people is when a story comes up in which it becomes clear that I've dated or been interested in women. Of course, these are usually very personal stories and wouldn't necessarily come up in the workplace, even if they were about men. If I was married to a woman, it would probably come up frequently the same way it does when I talk about my husband at work, but I'm not, so it doesn't. I've tried to get more comfortable with just telling these stories when they come up, but I'll admit it feels pretty awkward sometimes.
0: So that's someone in a very similar situation.
2: Yes. I liked what she said uh, that, you know, she, as someone who passes for a straight married woman, she's in a relative position of privilege and it's like kind of up to her for if she hears ignorant things about LGBT people to, you know, say something. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think if more of us could be informed, we could all say something. Yeah. Although maybe not. I don't know if they want us speaking for them.
2: Fair. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: All right. This is from another listener. Though I'm considerably younger than most of your audience. I'm 17 years old.
0: You are considerably younger than most of our audience. That is correct. Anonymous person.
2: I felt compelled to write in after listening to the latest bonus episode. I'm writing because I thought that I'd share my two cents regarding the email you received from a closeted bisexual woman who's currently in a happy marriage. I'm bisexual too, and even though I've never dated anyone, I still relate to the woman who wrote that email. I'd have to disagree with your advice a little and tell her this. If coming to terms with being bisexual has helped you understand yourself better and understand how it has perhaps subconsciously shaped you, that's incredible. Your identity is still valid even if you don't ever act on it. Being bisexual, to me at least, isn't about picking a side or whatever. It's experiencing attraction to more than one gender and can be expressed however you want to express it. I think a lot of the time bisexual people exist in a strange limbo where they are rejected in lesbian and gay spaces because they aren't quite gay enough or they're rejected by straight people because, well, they're not straight. All this to say, if you're in a happy and committed relationship, then that's awesome and I hope you can come out and have confidence in your identity. P.S. Sorry, Matt, but you shouldn't describe bisexual as half straight, half gay. Did I? I I guess. (laughs) It can be any sort of ratio between the two, or it can change and be fluid on any given day for some people. Moreover, I think it's kind of harmful to say that this woman isn't being faithful to her identity by not acting on her attraction to women. That's uh,
0: again, exactly why uh, I shouldn't speak for anybody.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Fair. Um, And then just one more email that I thought was good. Um, Another Anonymous listener. Mm. I also didn't realize until my thirties that I was bisexual. My advice to a, and any listener who may be questioning either orientation or gender identity coming out is not a requirement. You are still LGBT. If you tell the whole world or only close friends, family, or no one at all. If you're in an area where you can come out without fear for your safety, then by all means let your pride flag fly. You're going to get questions, hopefully all very respectful, but maybe not. And even in the most liberal places on earth, e.g. not the Bible Belt. Some people will cut ties with you because you're LGBT. Something else to consider in coming out. The internet can be a great place to search for tips and advice. It can be ser- scary to suspect, then realize you are not heterosexual and or cisgender. But the most important thing to remember is that you are not alone. Best of luck. And may all of your friends and family be as supportive as my friends were when I came out.
0: Mm, I think I remember what I said. what did you say? I think I said, you're not being true to half of who you are. Oh yeah. It a very generalization
2: and oh I and apologize. she signed it uh your friendly neighborhood agender bisexual aj so i guess she wasn't totally anonymous
0: <laughs> it's ag gender. uh no she her, i
2: know me- i'm yeah, kidding okay um Great. all right all right do you have any do you have any more thoughts
0: um i find that my thoughts are invalid in the subject matter that's
2: all right that's fair
0: and uh i'm happy that we have listeners who can speak to it more clearly than uh myself
2: yeah we we got several more emails about the
1: the questions and we
0: love it we welcome
1: hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands and the best part They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
0: Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love, anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a a smidge higher, like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet, not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Uh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombus is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombus is that when you purchase an item, Bombus donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombus has donated. Over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because... what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase... Education goals.
2: This was also from the bonus episode. From Megan. Yeah.
0: I love the long title of this that I think was written by Dory.
2: Yeah. Well, I felt (laughs) like we needed to give a little context because Ah. we were... We were addressing some bonus episode issues, and maybe not everyone listened to the bonus episode. If
0: you haven't, I I would give it a listen. It's probably our best episode It's a pretty
2: great episode.
0: (laughs) A lot of stuff. A lot of ground covered. A lot of information given about uh, myself and Dory and uh, Bo. Yeah. So this is in response to Cameron, who was asking about uh, whether he should go to a very specific school or she i don't think it's established yeah cameron diaz cameron crow could be either true uh I think,
2: the, I think the specialized school was farther away and the more generalized school was closer
0: yeah i was wondering where to go i wanted to do uh production if i remember correctly yeah okay so this is megan I'm an academic advisor at the University of Oklahoma, so I discuss things like this with students all the time. I was listening to the podcast while on a walk, and I know I looked like a crazy person because I was responding aloud to you (laughs) the whole time you were giving Cameron advice. I loved what you said about looking at graduation rates, alumni networks, etc., and I just wanted to add a few things to help Cameron make his decision. My first impulse is to say go with the more generalized degree rather than a highly specialized one for one reason. A more generalized degree uh, in communication and media will give a student a diverse knowledge across the discipline rather than an extensive knowledge on a single facet.
2: That was kind of what I was saying.
0: Why is this a good thing? It makes you much more marketable when it comes time to apply for jobs rather than boxing you into one skill set. Make sure the general program has coursework in the specific area you want to go into. That way you can study the specifics while being well-versed in other aspects of the discipline as well. But most importantly, when deciding on what four-year college to attend after receiving an associate's degree, you want to talk to the admissions office of all potential universities and find out exactly what courses are going to transfer and what are not. The most frustrating thing for transfer students is going to their first advising appointments and finding out that they're going to have to retake a large number of general education prerequisite courses because they do not transfer in as equivalent to the courses offered at the senior institution.
2: That is rough.
0: This can set students back several semesters and be extremely costly in both time and money. That's from Megan, a person who knows knows. Mm
2: Mm-hmm she always knows
0: um yeah i think that's a that's, that's great great, advice. great further advice on our already pretty cool advice
2: yeah agree
0: <laughs> uh next email hi matt dorian Bo. i was hoping for some feedback on juggling ivf and work slash career
2: mm. yes
0: I know you guys have things on hold for now while Dory's doing her book tour. I really dislike the job I'm at now, but while my husband and I are trying to have a baby the natural way, I kept thinking, we're trying to have a, uh, I kept thinking, I can't look for a job now, this is the month, and it never turned out to be. Mm. Now I'm looking towards IVF in July and know the real possibility of a failed transfer or postponed procedures. Excuse me. I'm really unhappy at my job, but I feel trapped waiting for IVF to happen. I'm struggling between the idea of being unhappy and staying where I am and riding out IVF or start looking for a new job. I hate the idea of being a new hire.
2: It continues here.
0: Oh, it does? Mm. On this very page? Somewhere. Telling my new employer that I have a sudden and numerous appointments to do. Any thoughts? Thank you in advance. Elizabeth.
2: So... I had a friend who was in a very similar situation. And she, <laughs> what?
0: No, it was funny.
2: What was funny?
0: I, if we're thinking of the same person.
2: Who are you thinking of?
0: I'm thinking of uh, when uh, Hannah and. Um, yeah. Yeah. When she wanted to apply applying for a job.
2: She took that job.
0: Yes, but uh, prior to taking that job, they were like. Sending her flowers.
2: Yeah, well, they really wanted her to take the job.
0: But they also, it felt like they thought she had cancer. Uh, oh, yeah,
2: because she was like, I have a medical issue. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know what field you're in. Um, but I think if you're miserable, you should you should look for another job. The only thing I would say is, like, if it gets to the point where they actually offer you a job, I would get information about the maternity leave policy, because you could end up being screwed over if you are at a place for less than a year. But a lot of places, I mean, a lot of good places have maternity leave no matter how long you've been there. Yeah. And,
0: uh, you know, you don't have to tell them. I don't know what that sound was. Everybody, it was something outside. Bo doesn't care. He didn't move. Um, you don't have to tell them exactly what your problem is, but you I think you should if it's getting to the point where they're like sending you an offer, you should be like, "Well, I would I'm going to consider their offer, but just so you know, I do have a medical issue that I'm going to need to see to."
2: Yeah, but you don't have to get too specific. You, you certainly don't have to tell them that you are planning on getting pregnant. Right. But I would find out what their maternity leave is. Yeah. Parental leave, yeah. Um, I, yeah, you know, I think here's what I think. I think IVF and all this shit is stressful enough. And if you also hate your job, that just like adds another another layer of layer stress. That of doesn't stress.
0: Mean, doesn't uh, necessarily need to be there.
2: Now, the, I guess the only other caveat to my advice would be, again, I don't know what field you're in. If you're in a field where it's like easy to get another job, then of course that makes a difference. If you're yeah. in a field where it's like, you know that a job search is going to take months and months I don't know. Yeah. At least set, set it in motion. Um,
0: set it in motion, Elizabeth. Do it to it. Dory, yeah. you're typing. What, is, what are you typing?
2: Um, I'm opening my computer in case we want to play some voicemails.
0: Why don't we play a voicemail? If you're ready for a voicemail.
2: Um, I'm ready.
0: All right. And let, me get, let me ride this volume because sometimes it comes in real hot.
2: It does. This is a two-parter just want to warn you so it's a six minute voicemail it is a three minute and 50 second voicemail wow all right yeah all right here we go
1: hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget
3: Hi, Matt and Dory. This is Melanie in Arizona. Um, I wish I could tell you all the ways that uh, this podcast has, has been so helpful to me, but I only have three minutes. Um, but I just want to say that I think you guys are, are each really wonderful people as individuals and um, that you have so much strength as a couple, um, not only to... Uh, to help each other get through this time in your life, but also um, to help the rest of us in the infertility community. And I think that uh, what you're doing is really powerful and really important. Um, Thanks, Melanie. So I had a question. Uh, well, I, I need some advice. Um, so I am 35 years old, and my husband is 44, Um, and we've, uh, we've been through a few evils, um, and we have two PGS normal embryos. I have had three miscarriages. Um, our last loss was, was with a, was with a PGS, uh, embryo. And, um, we are trying to decide if we should, um, do a transfer um, uh, next. So we're doing an endometrial receptivity analysis. So my first question then is, do you know of anyone or of any of your listeners um, doing an endometrial receptivity analysis uh, to address early pregnancy loss? Um, both of my last transfer losses were at um, five weeks. Um, and second, uh, if we have no explanation for the losses um i'm considering doing another retrieval just because um i'm never going to be this young again and i've been doing acupuncture and and herbs and supplements for the last three months so now is a really good time um but i'm also concerned that we won't need more embryos if the next two work and if i wait then i can go on my husband's insurance and, uh, and then the retrieval cycle would, would be paid for next year if I wait. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, any advice would be really appreciated. Um, thank you very much for all that you do. Bye.
2: And then she called back.
3: Hi guys, this is Melanie in Arizona again. I think I might've gotten cut off at the end. Um, but, but what I was saying is that if I wait until next year to do a retrieval, if these
0: <laughs> Dory just thought you got cut off. Oh Melanie, yeah, sorry, Melanie. Melanie. You nailed it. You yeah, hit you the three-minute mark. I, I would actually say that you stuck the landing so hard that you came in in exactly three minutes.
2: Um, it was two forty-four. Eh,
0: close enough. Yeah, but uh, you didn't get cut off. So, Melanie, our advice to you, Dory.
2: You do go you have first. any advice for her? You go first. <laughs>
0: Um, it sounds to me like you're if you're thirty four years old. Thirty-five. I'm sorry. If you're thirty-five years old, you're you're not you're not that old. Yep. Uh so for
2: me, an old person.
0: Yeah. Dory's not that old either, but she's older, let's be honest. Um you're not that old. So I, I think that you have some time left for egg retrievals. If need be. Um, like, for instance, I don't know that an egg retrieval you do at 35 is going to be that different from an egg retrieval you're doing at 36. Yeah. If you're doing one at 39, that's a different story. That's that's a few years down the road. So if it's a situation where you're like, well, I don't know if I want to do another retrieval right now, but I'm so young, I, I want to get as many eggs out as I can, I think you don't need to push it.
2: Yeah. I, I have not, I I don't know a ton about the endometrial receptivity test. Um, even though I'm doing one. Um, and I didn't realize that it could be used to figure out like why people are having miscarriages. I thought it was just for,
0: no, I think that it is for,
2: that is for timing. Yeah.
0: I think it is specifically for that because I don't know that, if they did the last two transfers for her, not knowing the optimal timing, they might be like, well, maybe the miscarriages are happening because we're not implanting at the right time.
2: Oh, but perhaps, an, I mean, it perhaps, perhaps like a listener, an, it sounds like an if then to me, perhaps a listener knows more about this than we do.
0: And I'm sure a listener does know more about this. Yeah, than so we'll listener, email please email us. And Melanie, thank you for everything you said about this podcast. Yeah, That was very kind. We appreciate it. And, uh, We will probably get back at you next week with some emails from people who know more about this than we do. Yeah. That's the beauty of this podcast. Collectively, I think we know everything about IVF.
2: Like literally everything.
0: We've all been through everything together.
2: Yep. It's pretty cool. You
0: know what else is cool? What? Me. I'm just kidding. I meant to
2: say this next email. (laughs) Good one. (laughs)
0: You know what? They're not all great. Hi. (laughs) Not the emails. I meant all my jokes. Oh, I know. Thank you, honey. You're welcome. This one's from Carrie. Hi, Matt and Dory. I just listened to the second bonus episode and just loved hearing the affection and joy in your voices as you talked about Bo smelling around the yard and riding in the car. You've made a few comments about when you got Bo, but I'd like to hear the full story of his adoption. How did you know you were ready for a dog? How did you pick the rescue? What were you looking for? How old was Bo when you got him? What was it like bringing him home? I think there are a lot of dog lovers out there that would love to hear this story. I don't know why my wife is laughing.
2: Because there's just a lot of very detailed questions. And also, I heard the sound of like a race car.
0: I think that was a probably like a Ducati. Mm. A motorcycle. Italian motorcycle, honey. Yeah. Um. So, Beauregard, Bosch Myra, our journey begins uh, a little over a year yeah, ago. Just over
2: a year ago, we had been we've been talking about getting a dog for a very long time, like we, sort of longing for a dog. We
0: both are dog. We come from dog families,
2: and I had a dog as a grown up.
0: Yeah, uh, I had a dog as a grown up as well. Um, Pippet, the black lab named after the black lab that gets eaten in jaws.
2: My dog was named Lee. I did not name her, but that was her name.
0: Um so we had been you know, we'd been living together, married. And we I just always wanted to have a dog in my adult life that was uh cool dude who could go places with me
2: and Matt. I remember once Matt said, "I just want to be able to like lie on the couch and like watch Netflix." With Red my, Sox games with my dog.
0: That's what I wanted to watch was Red Sox games. Yeah,
2: so so we had been like kind of been talking about it, but like we just you know we were really busy traveling and blah blah blah. But then finally one day we
0: slipped into a. Uh, a place where I had, I think, had I just started working on the David Spade show?
2: Yeah, I feel maybe. like we
0: got him when I was there.
2: Yeah, that sounds about right.
0: Uh, I was working on Fameless, which is a prank show on True TV, uh, that David Spade hosts, and it was very close to home. Mm-hmm. The offices were pretty close to home. It was like a 10-week gig. And, you know, I assumed I would just be going back to looking for work after that was over and um, not uh, really doing too much other than podcasting. So I'd probably be able to take care of a dog. So it just got to the point where we started looking. But
2: we knew we didn't want a puppy.
0: Right. We knew we didn't want a puppy because we knew we did not have the time to housebreak a yeah. dog. So we would, we would... I mean, occasionally, be sending each other things. Yeah, one on find a on pet, pet finder, pet finder, whatever it's called. Um,
2: Matt found a thirteen-year-old dog named Batman that he became very attached to. I
0: found a thirteen-year-old <laughs> black lab that was named Batman the dog, um, and I really wanted to adopt Batman the dog.
2: And I, I said, I told Matt, this will be too sad for us. It
0: will, it will die, and we'll be sad. Um, so. We just started to... Did we look around at other adoption places?
2: Well, the the day that we decided to start looking, we went to the Petco on La Brea first. Yes. And it was filled with dogs that just did not seem to be our speed. Dogs
0: that were not vibing with us. Mostly... Um,
2: Chihuahua mixes. Chihuahua
0: mixes. Very small dogs. Yeah. And I think we both knew we were not small dog people.
2: Yeah. So then... I think I Googled like where other adoption events were happening and we realized there was another one at the Petco at Melrose and Doheny. Yeah. So we hoofed it over there.
0: We drove over there and we looked at all the dogs and I just. And there was
2: a better assortment of dogs.
0: Yes, certainly. It was Ace of Hearts Rescue is the name of the rescue yeah. that we got Bo from. Um, and, and
2: Bo was just lying in his crate. Bo, was, Bo
0: stuck out of the dogs that were there yeah. Bo stuck out um because he was the only not pit bull he was the only not um barky that's not, that's
2: not true there were other non-pit bulls and look i had a pit bull mix no like, I, know, I
0: know i'm I like, not i'm not i'm not begrudging pit bulls i'm sure that we'll probably have another one at some point because they all need to be adopted yeah um
2: and he's 25 pit bull anyway yeah uh but he he seemed calm he
0: seemed calmer than the other dogs what a trickster what a little trickster i mean he's over there right now on his warm chaise lounge with blankets and pillows living a life that he tricked us into he's fast asleep over there um
2: So we took him for a walk around the block with one of the volunteers and he was like super, he seemed great on the leash and we walked past these kids and super
0: calm. He walked out, what sealed the deal for me was we walked past these, this woman and her two children her two daughters and they were holding a bag of leftover food and Bo just casually walked up, sniffed the food. And And just just kept going.
2: going. So we were like, all right, this dog's cool. And so we filled out an application and then someone did a home visit to make sure that whole
0: ordeal has to
2: happen. We weren't monsters. And then they said, okay, um, the way it works is you get him for five days and you kind of see how he does and how you do. And do you like him? And does he like you? And blah, 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 blah. So we had him for five days. And well, let's talk about the uh,
0: period between the, the, us, Saying yes, and then him arriving, we got into it with each other a little bit here and there, where I just was like, you
2: were lukewarm. I just like
0: I was like, I don't know if this is the dog, I don't know if Bo is the dog.
2: I thought you had those feelings after the five day period. Did you? No, it was before. It was
0: before because I kept looking pictures at pictures of him, and he wasn't lab like enough for Mm. me. Yeah, and that was the it was the two. Also, like I think the first two pictures of him, the ones that are on, um, uh, Ace of Hearts Rescue, they have an Instagram, uh, and if you scroll back to like March of last year, you can see the pictures of Bo.
2: He looked kind of sad,
0: and he looked like, and he, but he also like doesn't quite look like Bo.
2: Yeah, well, because he didn't have that joie de vivre that he has now.
0: <laughs> um, the
2: light behind the eyes. Yeah, and
0: Bo was brought the night that we received Bo Dory was not home.
2: It's true.
0: So I had to receive Bo from his foster mom, from his foster mom, who was a super nice woman who lives in Santa Monica telling us how much Bo loves the beach and how Bo once killed a rat and, uh,
2: (sighs) all kinds of stories, (laughs) all kinds of
0: stuff about Bo. Um, and I remember, I mean, I have it all. It's all very vivid in my head. the Bo like just coming up the steps and like butting his head against the door and just coming in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we put his bed down over, we we're going to put it at the fireplace initially. Remember that yeah. short lived idea of yeah. like, we'll let both sleep in the living room.
2: Yeah. That was a bad idea.
0: Um, and, uh, you know, he played with a tennis ball. She told us what he liked to eat, what he didn't like to eat. She was very sweet. And, Um, you know, Bo got a little sad when she left, but seemed to be okay. And, uh, yeah, then we dealt with his crippling anxiety.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) He had really bad separation anxiety at first. He broke a window.
0: Yeah. He didn't want to be here by himself. I think he just always was like, are they coming back? Yeah. Are they coming back? Poor baby. And I think he knows we're coming back now.
2: Yeah, although he still doesn't, like, sometimes he just doesn't love when we leave. Yeah. Especially if we leave together, I've noticed. Yeah? Yeah. He's like, wait, they're both leaving me? Yeah.
0: But, uh, yeah, that was the, what was it? So we had both of that five-day waiting period, and we, I think there was a point where Dory was like, you know what? Tell them we can't keep them. Uh, And I was like, no, it's fine. We'll keep them. And we kept them. Yep, And then our love for Beau just grows and every single day.
2: Big fur baby. And
0: now he's our big, goofy motherfucker <laughs> who has been very itchy lately. We put some flea stuff on him. I don't but think it's but fleas. It's not fleas, but he just seems to be real itchy. I I think...
2: You're he just, likes to like
0: bury his head in the carpet and leave his ass in the air. But
2: he's always liked to do that.
0: I know, but he's been, he was scratching a lot
2: lately. I, I, don't know. I don't know. I think, I think you think he's been scratching a lot lately. So now every time he scratches, you think it's a lot. But I don't think he's doing it any more than he usually yeah. does. Yeah. To be honest. Well,
0: that's the story of Beauregard Bosch.
2: And you can follow him on Instagram at Beauregard Bosch. B O S C H.
0: Um, Yeah. Thank you for the question. Great uh, question. Great question. It was good to tell that story and to think about Bo's first days here.
2: Mm. Yeah.
0: Bo, don't ever leave us. Mm. Told you I want to get him stuffed. (laughs) That would be so weird. (laughs) It would be so cool. There's the people that will taxidermy your pets. Uh, It seems to be pretty expensive, but. I've been thinking about doing yeah, it to Bo. We
2: have, a, we have a listener who wrote in offering to send us a painting of Bo, and I said, yes, we would like that.
0: Oh, no way. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. I would love a painting
2: of Bo. Yeah, well, she's sending one to us. That would be amazing. So, uh,
0: This question is from Melissa. Uh, I think you've mentioned some of the things that are supposed to improve egg quality, like acupuncture, drinking bone broth, and taking CoQ10. I was curious if you thought these things made any sort of difference.
2: So I thought this was a very interesting Good question. Good question for Dory to answer here. Because here's what I will tell you. Ooh. I've done three retrievals. She has. I've gotten the exact same results every retrieval.
0: Yes. <laughs> so yes, she
2: has. My answer is I don't know. Like every retrieval we've gotten one normal embryo. And yes. the first retrieval I... I wasn't doing acupuncture. I wasn't like I wasn't taking any of these. I wasn't drinking bone broth. I wasn't taking yep. the vitamins. Mm-hmm. Um, the second retrieval, I had started doing some acupuncture, but not like a ton. Yep. I think I was doing whole thirty during the second retrieval. Yes, so I was eating a little. You know, I was eating healthy, and I was taking the CoQ ten. Mm-hmm. And he tweaked, and I would take I took growth hormone that retrieval too. Yes. And he kind of tweaked my meds and that... I mean, I guess arguably the second retrieval was the best one because we got the maybe embryo also that we always forget about.
0: The maybe embryo? Yeah. Oh, the one that was like, this one seems okay, but it has something with it.
2: Yeah, but we're not sure. We're going to keep it frozen anyway, but no, we probably no won't transfer it. <laughs> um, and then the third one, I was doing acupuncture like once a week. I was taking all the vitamins, bone broth, blah, 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 blah. And we got the most blastocysts that we had ever gotten. Yeah, we
0: got the highest ratio of blastocysts.
2: But we still only got one normal embryo. Yeah. Which, again, I know a lot of people, I feel like I always have to this by saying, I know a lot of people don't get a normal embryo. So I'm very grateful that we got a normal embryo each time. Yeah. But in terms of what I did differently, I have no idea. Now, granted, I was, you know, a few months older each time so maybe the tweaks like helped overcome getting a little older i have no idea but it's very hard to say also like none of the none of the factors were in isolation so i have no idea like what might have made a difference and what didn't. so right
0: now the evidence points to so far no difference correct okay that's interesting yeah this uh is from yaffa I wanted to share a book recommendation for those who enjoy graphic novels. Years ago, after a late miscarriage, I read Good Eggs by Phoebe Potts. It's a funny and insightful graphic novel about her quest to have a baby, but also about her aspirations as an artist, her depression, her neurotic family, and her lapsed Judaism.
2: Sounds right up my alley. Uh,
0: And who can't relate? to at least a few of those things. I actually wrote the author after I read it and got a response almost immediately, and we emailed back and forth a few times. This was when I began to understand the real importance of support and community, even from strangers. When it comes to infertility, I'd like to think of it uh, of the community as the silver lining to everything else about this process. That's That's from Yaffa. So Yaffa recommends everyone read Good Eggs by Phoebe Potts.
2: Yeah, I think I'm going to get it.
0: All right. I think you should. Yeah. All right. All right. Are you ready for this? I am. This is from Megan. Okay. Dory. Yes. You mentioned you were on, you are or were on Welbutrin. Yes. I was wondering if you were planning to still be taking it while you're pregnant. I was on a generic version of it for about 10 years and recently stopped taking it. It's a long story why it happened now. Uh, My plan was to stop taking it in a year from now, when my husband and I decide to start having a baby. Started, I'm sorry, decide to start trying to have a baby. Since you can't do medical studies on pregnant women, there were not a lot out there in the way of there one way or the other about the safety of being on antidepressants while pregnant. Though the limited info I could find on Welbutrin was that it was more neutral than negative to a fetus's health. If you're planning on staying on the medication while pregnant, what made you decide that? Did your doctor give you any helpful info about it? If you are not going to stay on the meds while pregnant, do you have any advice on how to cope during the time without it? While I'm a month into no meds, I know once I'm pregnant, assuming all goes fine, it's a whole new emotional ballgame. Hmm.
2: Um, I should also say we got a very similar two-part voicemail um, that I don't think we're going to play because this email kind of covered it. Um, Really? Yeah. I mean, the voicemail, she kind of went through her whole experience on Zoloft and she thinks that she had, um, that she couldn't get pregnant because of the Zoloft. And then she changed her dose and she got pregnant. And then she asked me if I was going to go on Wilbutrin and kind of implied that it might be dangerous and all this stuff. Um, The answer is I have done research and I have talked to several doctors about Wilbutrin in particular, and all of them said that it was safe to stay on it when I get pregnant And that in fact, the mental health of the mother um, is very important and it's better to not get super anxious and like overly stressed when you're pregnant. And if going off your meds is going to make you overly anxious and stressed. Boy,
0: that's a tall order for me.
2: Then that's bad. What?
0: To not stress you out for nine months. Yeah. So. Very tall order.
2: Um, but of the antidepressants, Wellbutrin is considered safe, even though, as you said, they can't do studies on pregnant women. Hmm. I feel fine about it.
0: <laughs> well, there you go. She feels fine about it.
2: Yeah. There's uh, your
0: answer. This is from Samantha. Okay. Have either of you thought about what your post-IVF journey might look like in regards to IVF activism? I just finished the episode where Mark uh, and Chris shared their story and was surprised to hear about the insane regulatory-slash-legal minefield. I know it varies so much by state, but do either of you see yourselves going being long-term advocates of IVF reform? Both of you have large platforms and have already no doubt inspired others. Is that something you have thought about? Side question for Dory, as a writer, have you ever thought about doing any journaling or writing for yourself or your children to help release the stress? I'm a writer and know that one of the best ways for me to relieve stress is to put my, all my thoughts on paper. Another podcast conversation is also a cathartic avenue, but having something tangible like paper is often different.
2: Well, it's funny you say that, Samantha, because yesterday I restarted my bullet journal which I had put on hiatus while I was recovering from my various uh, dog wounds and travel and everything. And I do like having the bullet journal because even though it's not like extensive writing, there is something calming about kind of chronicling what you're doing and also getting yourself like mentally prepared for the next day. And I I, I do enjoy that. Um, in terms of the IVF activism and advocacy, I see myself using podcasting and like i kind of see myself doing what i'm doing now which is like giving people a forum Mm -hmm. and a platform i don't see myself like i don't know i don't see myself becoming like well i think
0: right now as a as a politicized country we have more important things to worry about
2: Although, you know, the issues around IVF are often related to other issues of
0: reproductive health. And you have to start somewhere. Yeah. And it seems to me that the people who are not particularly helpful with reproductive health are uh, the people that are currently in control of both houses.
2: Right. So, like, I don't think it's fair to say that we have bigger things to worry about. Like, we do, yes, but also the issues around IVF are very connected to a lot of other issues that are going on right now.
0: Right. Maybe my wording was poor. Um, There's an election in 2018. Yeah. And everyone can do everything that they can to help those who support reproductive health. Yeah. Be elected.
2: Um, no, but it's I... It's really like
0: killing 18 birds with one stone.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, no, but I think, you know, if our podcast can help raise awareness, I think that's great. I have been thinking about other projects related to the podcast that I think would help get a lot of the message out that we talk about. Um, but yeah. I also, like... I mean, it's hard for me to think about that too much because I'm kind of focused on like just like getting pregnant right now.
0: Yeah. I agree. Do you realize And
2: I gotta do me, you know? You gotta at do the end you. of the day.
0: That's really the sort of thesis statement of this podcast is you do you. It is. Um, Dory, there is one more email. Oh, okay. Can you believe that we've actually hit the emails?
2: I'm pretty impressed.
0: I'm very impressed. I'm proud. Uh, I'm honored. Mm-hmm. And I because of this, I yeah. would love it if you read the last email. Oh, okay. Because well, let's bookend it.
2: All right. Sounds good. This is from Jessica. She says, I'm 33 and still on the dating scene and have had no luck. I live in the Los Angeles area and figured that Mm. I ask if you two have anyone that you would like to set me up on a blind that would like, <laughs> ugh, and figured that I ask if you two have anyone that you would like to set up on a blind date with me. Oh, okay. That the one thing I've not tried, and figured I would ask you since I have all the confidence and know that at minimum you would not set me up with a total creeper. So that is, mm.
0: Jessica. That's quite a. That's quite an ask.
2: Yeah. So. If you would like to meet Jessica.
0: (laughs) Well, no. I think she's asking specifically if you or I have anyone. Oh, if we have anyone to set her up with. exactly what that is. She doesn't want it to go out to the public because they would put her in touch with a weirdo probably.
2: I don't know. People listen to our podcast aren't necessarily weirdos. Here's the problem,
0: Jessica. I am someone who is friends with people that are older by about 10, sometimes 15 years. Yeah, um, and by virtue of that, I feel like almost everyone I know is married.
2: And I'm friends with a lot of people who are single women.
0: Yeah, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to be thinking about it. Jessica. Yeah. So why don't you send some pics? <laughs>
2: hey, wait a second. What? Oh,
0: no. hmm. wait. Monogamous. Damn.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. You know what it's time for?
0: It is time to recognize those out there who took time out of their special days to donate to the podcast.
2: Yep. And again, if you are interested in donating on a monthly basis, which some of you indicated that you are, you can go to our new Patreon at patreon.com slash Adventure and check out all of the fun rewards we have on there. Yep that I didn't tell Matt about yet. She did
0: not. She has not. I actually don't know anything about it. Here
2: we go. Um, Valerie Kelly.
0: Um, we, we are not in the same order.
2: Wait, how is that possible? It just is possible.
0: Valerie, uh, Valerie Kelly. I don't have, oh yes, I do. Just crazy out of order. Valerie who asked that we buy more OxyClean. Yes. To get mud off of Dory's couch. Um, Valerie is a fact about Valerie. Valerie reads only true crime books and dreams of one day definitively identifying the Boston Strangler. Ooh. Good luck, Val. Uh, Paul Charles. Uh, Paul's favorite character on Fraggle Rock was Sprocket.
2: <laughs> Carolyn Anderson.
0: Uh, Carolyn thinks Thursday should be the end of the week, allowing her to live out her dream of playing in an over 30s traveling softball team.
2: Brian Horn, who says, I don't care if you travel. You need to relax at this point.
0: Uh, Brian uh, says uh, he's in Auckland, New Zealand. Yes. Uh, Brian can't believe he sat through this entire podcast only to find out that the fact about him is that even though he claims to be from Auckland, he is actually from Papakura, New Zealand. (laughs) And he also uh, hates the band Chicago.
2: Mm. Jennifer Weisakowski. Uh,
0: Jennifer is the oldest of four, uh, but does not regret telling each of her sibling siblings that they were adopted, even though they weren't.
2: Andrew Steinley. Uh
0: Andrew knows the words to every song in the Rocky Horror Picture Show.
2: Ryan Lefebvre. Uh,
0: Ryan's idea of Max and relaxing includes a case of Sam Adams' summer ale, a hay bale, and a compound bow
2: a compound oh a compound bow i thought you meant bow our dog
0: no b-o-w yeah and I was like, he likes archery
2: what um luke evers uh
0: luke knows that mcdonald's saw uh, special sauce is just thousand island dressing but that do- hasn't stopped him from trying to get a hold of the recipe
2: rachel wary
0: uh rachel thinks hootie and the blowfish's second album or weary it is weary. it says
2: pronounced weary but i you can say okay whatever Rachel Weary. You can
0: say Weary Weary. Yeah. I understand. (laughs) Uh, Rachel thinks Hootie and the Blowfish's second album, Fairweather Johnson, is actually superior to their debut album, Cracked Rearview.
2: James Studman. Uh,
0: James's favorite day of the week is actually Thursday, and he affectionately refers to it as Friday Junior.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Kendra Buletti, who also wanted us to buy some couch cleaner.
0: Uh, Kendra spends her weekends as a cage fighter. Her current record is 14, 2, and 1. Wow. Yeah. Uh,
2: Rebecca Burday. Uh,
0: the, oh, sorry, do you want to read what she,
2: oh, yes, she said, think of it as back payment for all the Nerdist episodes I've listened to over the years for free, though I did buy and enjoy My Ray in the Highway. Uh,
0: Rebecca is the last remaining Highlander. She is immortal. She has inside her Blood of Kings. Wow. And she has never seen any of the Highlander movies.
2: Valerie Poulin.
0: This is not for Valerie, though.
2: Um, this is to Beau from Valerie and her dogs, 10-year-old Yorkie Secret and 5-year-old Coton de Tulier Tucker. Mm-hmm. She wanted us to include fun facts about Secret and Tucker. They are big fans of Beau. I was worried that this would open a can of worms of people asking us to do fun facts about their pets.
0: Well. I know you were worried about it. Yeah. But I said, we're going to let it through this once. Okay. Uh, Secret has a world. uh, Secret is a world class Yorkie tennis player, having won four Grand Slam titles where he's the best at retrieving tennis balls.
2: (laughs) And what about Tucker?
0: Uh, Tucker dreams only of eating socks specifically dark-colored socks.
2: And what about Valerie? What about her fun fact?
0: Valerie has two dogs.
2: Mm. <laughs> one is a Yorkie, uh-huh. <laughs> and one is a Colton-le-Toulouse. <laughs> uh,
0: no, Valerie, you drive a, a Honda Civic Hybrid. It's silver. It's a 2009 uh, with blue interior.
2: Um, listen, it, you know, Matt can do pet fun facts, but you, you have to donate in your pet's name. Right. It has to be a separate donation for your pet. Yeah. One one name per donation is
0: the rule You can also like split up. If you're going to donate $10, just split it up. Go five and five.
2: Yeah. Um, Uh, Okay. Nicole Montgomery. uh,
0: Nicole excelled at playing the recorder in middle school music class, having mastered Beethoven's "Old to Joy in a matter of minutes.
2: And Janine Paskey.
0: Uh, Janine has been saving for 14 years in order to remodel her home to look exactly like the set of Golden Girls. Cool. She's going to get a lanai, girl.
2: That sounds awesome. So, you know, you can go to our new Patreon. If you want to donate in the traditional manner, you can just go to our website at com. Yeah, we're going to be doing
0: uh, facts about names for one more month. What? Yeah. I can't do it every week and work and do two other podcasts. And, then, and, and do a show on
2: Then we're gonna have to come up with some other on, other uh, other rewards.
0: I haven't looked at any of the rewards. Well, if my wife has uh has uh locked me into something, uh this is what marriage is and I will continue to do what she has locked me into.
2: Well, some of them include fun facts. Okay. Do you want me to start doing the fun facts?
0: You can do some fun facts. Absolutely. I'm
2: happy to do fun facts.
0: You can do some. You don't have to do them all. We I feel s- like people just really love that Matt Myra spin on things. They do. They do. <laughs> uh, you know what? Just forget I said anything. Everything's going to stay the same. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Don't forget to email us. Mattanddory gmail.com. If you'd like to hear yourself on the podcast, leave us a voicemail.
2: Four one three four six one baby.
0: Um and uh join the Facebook group.
2: Excellent adventure. Okay. <laughs> Facebook.com slash group slash excellent adventure.
0: Uh yeah, that's it. Follow us on Twitter uh at excellent adventure pod. No. Excellent pod, sorry.
2: Yeah, we're on Twitter at Excellent Pod.
0: Excellent Pod. We have like four hundred and forty followers on there.
2: Yeah, we don't have that many followers.
0: Because we never mention it on the show.
2: Yeah, that's true. So I'm gonna
0: mention it on the show right now. Uh at Excellent Pod. Give us a follow. Find out first when new episodes are out. Find some retweets from Dory that express uh wonderful things that need to be expressed. Yeah. There's just a lot happening out
2: there. Um oh and buy start up a novel by Dory Shafre. Yeah,
0: I guess.
2: Oh my god. (laughs)
0: Uh, Alright kids We'll see you next week Thanks for listening Bye. There's Bye. a
3: shadow You can't see my eyes And the sea is just a weather